Section five of Confessions, volumes five and six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes five and six by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section five. However, this might be madame de varens conceived it necessary to guard me from the perils of youth by treating me as a man this she immediately set about but in the most extraordinary manner that any woman in similar circumstances ever devised i all at once observed that her manner was graver and her discourse more moral than usual to the playful gaiety with which she used to intermingle her instructions suddenly succeeded an uniformity of manner neither familiar nor severe but which seemed to prepare me for some explanation after having vainly racked my brain for the reason of this change i mentioned it to her this she had expected and immediately proposed a walk to our garden the next day accordingly we went there the next morning she had contrived that we should remain alone the whole day which she employed in preparing me for those favours she meant to bestow not as another woman would have done by toying and folly but by discourses full of sentiment and reason rather tending to instruct than seduce and which spoke more to my heart than to my senses meantime however excellent and to the purpose these discourses might be and though far enough from coldness or melancholy i did not listen to them with all the attention they merited nor fix them in my memory as i should have done at any other time that air of preparation which she had adopted gave me a degree of inquietude while she spoke in spite of myself i was thoughtful and absent attending less to what she said than curious to know what she aimed at and no sooner had i comprehended her design which i could not easily do than the novelty of the idea which during all the years i had passed with her had never once entered my imagination took such entire possession of me that i was no longer capable of minding what she said i only thought of her i heard her no longer thinking to render young minds attentive to reason by proposing some highly interesting object as the result of it is an error instructors frequently run into and one which i have not avoided in my emile the young pupil struck with the object presented to him 
is occupied only with that and leaping lightly over your preliminary discourses lights at once on the point to which in his idea you lead him too tediously to render him attentive he must be prevented from seeing the whole of your design and in this particular madame de varence did not act with sufficient precaution by a singularity which adhered to her systematic disposition she took the vain precaution of proposing conditions but the moment i knew the purchase i no longer even heard them but immediately consented to everything and i doubt whether there is a man on the whole earth who would have been sincere or courageous enough to dispute terms or one single woman who would have pardoned such a dispute by a continuation of the same whimsicality she attached a number of the gravest formalities to the acquisition of her favours and gave me eight days to think of them which i assured her i had no need of though that assurance was far from a truth for to complete this assemblage of singularities i was very glad to have this intermission so much had the novelty of these ideas struck me and such disorder did i feel in mine that it required time to arrange them it will be supposed that these eight days appeared to me as many ages on the contrary i should have been very glad had the time been lengthened i find it difficult to describe the state i found myself in it was a strange chaos of fear and impatience dreading what i desired and studying some civil pretext to evade my happiness let the warmth of my constitution be remembered my age and my heart intoxicated with love let my tender attachment to her be supposed which far from having diminished had daily gained additional strength let it be considered that i was only happy when with her that my heart was full not only of her bounty of her amiable disposition but of her shape of her person of herself in a word conceive me united to her by every affinity that could possibly render her dear nor let it be supposed that being ten or twelve years older than myself she began to grow an old woman or was so in my opinion from the time the first sight of her had made such an impression on me she had really altered very little and in my mind not at all to me she was ever charming and was still thought so by every one she had got something jollier 
but had the same fine eyes the same clear complexion the same features the same beautiful light hair the same gaiety and even the same voice whose youthful and silvery sound made so lively an impression on my heart that even to this day i cannot hear a young woman's voice that is at all harmonious without emotion it will be seen that in a more advanced age the bare idea of some trifling favours i had to expect from the person i loved inflamed me so far that i could not support with any degree of patience the time necessary to traverse the short space that separated us how then by what miracle when in the flower of my youth had i so little impatience for a happiness i had never tasted but in idea how could i see the moment advancing with more pain than pleasure why instead of transports that should have intoxicated me with their deliciousness did i experience only fears and repugnance i have no doubt that if i could have avoided this happiness with any degree of decency i should have relinquished it with all my heart i have promised a number of extravagances in the history of my attachment to her this certainly is one that no idea could be formed of the reader already disgusted supposes that being in the situation i have before described with claudanet she was already degraded in my opinion by this participation of her favours and that a sentiment of disesteem weakened those she had before inspired me with but he is mistaken tis true that this participation gave me a cruel uneasiness as well from a very natural sentiment of delicacy as because it appeared unworthy both of her and myself but as to my sentiments for her they were still the same and i can solemnly aver that i never loved her more tenderly than when i felt so little propensity to avail myself of her condescension i was too well acquainted with the chastity of her heart and the iciness of her constitution to suppose a moment that the gratification of the senses had any influence over her i was well convinced that her only motive was to guard me from dangers which appeared otherwise inevitable by this extraordinary favour which she did not consider in the same light that women usually do as will presently be explained the habit of living a long time innocently together far from weakening the first sentiments i felt for her had contributed to strengthen them 
giving a more lively a more tender but at the same time a less sensual turn to my affection having ever accustomed myself to call her mamma as formerly observed and enjoying the familiarity of a son it became natural to consider myself as such and i am inclined to think that this was the true reason of that insensibility with a person i so tenderly loved for i can perfectly recollect that my emotions on first seeing her though not more lively were more voluptuous at annecy i was intoxicated at chambery i possessed my reason i always loved her as passionately as possible but i now loved her more for herself and less on my own account or at least i rather sought for happiness than pleasure in her company she was more to me than a sister a mother a friend or even than a mistress and for this very reason she was not a mistress in a word i loved her too much to desire her this day more dreaded than hoped for at length arrived i have before observed that i promised everything that was required of me and i kept my word my heart confirmed my engagements without desiring the fruits though at length i obtained them was i happy no i felt i know not what invincible sadness which empoisoned my happiness it seemed that i had committed an incest and two or three times pressing her eagerly in my arms i deluged her bosom with my tears on her part as she had never sought pleasure she had not the stings of remorse i repeat it all her failings were the effect of her errors never of her passions she was well born her heart was pure her manners noble her desires regular and virtuous her taste delicate she seemed formed for that elegant purity of manners which she ever loved but never practised because instead of listening to the dictates of her heart she followed those of her reason which led her astray for when once corrupted by false principles it will ever run counter to its natural sentiments unhappily she piqued herself on philosophy and the morals she drew from thence clouded the genuine purity of her heart Monsieur Tavel, her first lover, was also her instructor in this philosophy, and the principles he instilled into her mind were such as tended to seduce her. 
finding her cold and impregnable on the side of her passions and firmly attached to her husband and her duty he attacked her by sophisms endeavouring to prove that the list of duties she thought so sacred was but a sort of catechism fit only for children that the kind of infidelity she thought so terrible was in itself absolutely indifferent that all the morality of conjugal faith consisted in opinion the contentment of husbands being the only reasonable rule of duty in wives consequently that concealed infidelities doing no injury could be no crime in a word he persuaded her that the sin consisted only in the scandal that woman being really virtuous who took care to appear so thus the deceiver obtained his end in the subverting the reason of a girl whose heart he found it impossible to corrupt and received his punishment in a devouring jealousy being persuaded she would treat him as he had prevailed on her to treat her husband i don't know whether he was mistaken in this respect the minister perret passed for his successor all i know is that the coldness of temperament which it might have been supposed would have kept her from embracing this system in the end prevented her from renouncing it she could not conceive how so much importance should be given to what seemed to have none for her nor could she honour with the name of virtue an abstinence which would have cost her little she did not therefore give in to this false principle on her own account but for the sake of others and that from another maxim almost as false as the former but more consonant to the generosity of her disposition she was persuaded that nothing could attach a man so truly to any woman as an unbounded freedom and though she was only susceptible of friendship this friendship was so tender that she made use of every means which depended on her to secure the objects of it and which is very extraordinary almost always succeeded for she was so truly amiable that an increase of intimacy was sure to discover additional reasons to love and respect her another thing worthy of remark is that after her first folly she only favoured the unfortunate lovers in a more brilliant station lost their labour with her but the man who at first attracted her pity must have possessed very few good qualities if in the end he did not obtain her affection even when she made an unworthy choice far from proceeding from base inclinations which were strangers to her noble heart 
it was the effect of a disposition too generous humane compassionate and sensible which she did not always govern with sufficient discernment end of section five recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey